Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I'm your co-host, Andy Rieger of Jay Rieger & Co., joined as always by my good drinking buddy, Matt Basinger of Spark. Matt's Cheers. got whiskey in his mug that he just picked up why, off the table. Why is your whiskey clear, Andy? Weird question. Because you picked gin. <laughs> We're in the Let It Fly Media Studios and joined as always by Miss Jackie Wise of Emprise Bank. Today's guest is Carl Wassinger. Wassinger? Wa- Wassinger? You just, Wassinger? You just did the thing that we talked about not doing. <sighs> But it's so much fun and it's from Family Guy. And we love it. Carl's the founder and CEO of Smart Warehousing. Carl, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Carl and I were commiserating at the start of the show, uh, before the show, about uh, people who say Basinger or Wassinger. Um, uh, so Wassinger, you know, just that's how it is. That's it. <laughs> Subtle. Hey, Carl, tell us uh, what is, it's the softball question, right? What is Smart Warehousing? So um, we are in the fulfillment and warehouse business. So started 21 years ago here in Kansas City. So or 21 years ago in about two weeks. So we'll be we'll, Happy be, we'll be we'll be old enough to drink here. There today, it is. Today, I got your first today, bottle for you. A couple of weeks. So uh, uh, really trying to fill a, a niche of helping people uh, fulfill orders and manage inventory and and uh, thought that uh, we could add a little technology to that. So. Mm-hmm. We, we kind of play in both the physical worlds and the virtual worlds. So we make sure that uh, all the inventories are are right where they need to be when they need to be there. And we make sure uh, the orders get out the door and the trucks get unloaded. And so, uh, so busy, so, busy world, especially right now with all the supply chain stuff going on. So, so walk us through your typical relationship with a customer. So they'll hire a company like Smart to basically an outsource that function of the of their supply chain. So they might be really good at manufacturing or marketing or design or sales, but they want uh, some help with with managing their supply chain, managing their inventories of products. So they'll hire us to do that. And we we uh, have operations now all over the country. We have almost 40 warehouses around the country and, wow. and uh, we fill a lot of orders. We pack a lot of boxes that people, you know, Deliver to their houses. So, so you have, oh, by the way, everything yep. from full pallets to down Every, to the, the yep. single box. Yep. So, I mean, we have cu- customers like General Mills. We help them, you know, move uh, a truckload of soup to a supermarket. And then we have customers like, you know, Jack Sack and, and we'll pick and pack and write frozen fulfillment and, and deliver ribs and burn ins to your house. So, so one of your 40 warehouses, right? Yeah. Uh, you have a big old space, you have some employees, and there might be dozens and dozens and dozens of companies that are utilizing your space for shipments coming in, mm-hmm. maybe taking it out of the big boxes, putting it in the small boxes, shipping's going, like walk me through kind of the customer base and like what does a facility look like? What is seven mm-hmm. days or a week inside a facility, what are the types of things that you all are doing? Good question. So there, uh, we have a pretty diverse customer base. So we have hundreds of different customers that we support now across the country. Um, depending on the channel, so if we're shipping direct to consumer orders, that uh, looks a little different than if you're shipping, you know, truckload orders or you're shipping orders into a wholesale or you know, maybe even a retail channel. So depending on which one of those channels you go down, it can be a little different um, activity happening in those warehouses. And so some of our warehouses are, are um, set up and they do a lot more of those kinds of, of businesses. So we're that kind of channel and then others do do the channels that are, so we try to move the business to in the buildings that work that way. So in Edgerton, we have four buildings out there 
here in Kansas City and, and uh, about 2 million square feet. And, and so each one of those locations has a little different kind of activity going on it. But <clears throat> picking and packing orders, the stuff products will come in. Uh, we'll make sure the inventory is correct. We, we put it away. The computer systems that we've built and some of the proprietary systems that Smart has make sure the customer, you know, they know exactly what they have in those warehouses. They know how to um, kind of manage the allocations and the things that they need to do to make sure everything gets out the door on time. And, and then we fulfill that and get it out uh, and ship it on all the different carriers that you can imagine, UPS, FedEx. And so, and so a lot of, a lot of cardboard, a lot of taping going on, a lot yep. of picking and packing and labeling. And, and so uh, it's uh, kind of like a little beehive going on in those warehouses all day long. Yeah. So walk me back. You go to K-State. I did. You know, I did. And yep. 21, like one, congrats. 21 years is amazing. Uh, there's not a lot of companies that can yeah. say that. Yeah. Um, at what juncture in either your, you know, studies or early career did you decide that there was a hole in this industry and that you wanted to be the person to try to, you know, create the solutions for this? That's a good question. I, I, um, uh, was in uh, K-State and I went down to Arizona for an internship for uh, ConAgra and helped them. was a, thinking about milling science. I'm a farm kid from out west and thought, you know, I'd, I'd get into that business. And while I was there, the warehouse manager uh, in, ended up getting fired. And, and so they looked around and they didn't have anybody to fill the role. So they had this intern and they go, Carl, go, go help out in that warehouse. So that's how I got into the warehouse business. Um, By fire. By, by fire. Um, I always tell everybody it was like a drug overdose. Wasn't my drug overdose, <laughs> but that's why she got fired. And, and so, uh, um, I got, I got into the business from a drug overdose, but not mine. So, so back to K-State, switched my major to business and information systems. Really felt like technology was kind of coming to life back then, you know, the late, uh, nineties, the internet, a lot of things were going on. Thought we could bring some visibility bring some information to that world. And uh, so really after business school, got into got into the logistics industry and, and kind of uh, worked in different industries, worked for some big companies, some national companies, worked for some small companies and kind of ended up getting my, my, my NBA school of hard knocks through just working for people and doing it wrong a oh. lot, doing it wrong a lot. And then uh, uh, finally decided, you know what, I think it's time for me to, try to do this on my own and um, picked a really, really bad time to start the business. I was going to say like 21 really, years ago from really, today, really a couple bad weeks times. roughly 9-11. Yeah. So I, I um, resigned from a really nice job, <laughs> had uh, four kids all under seven at home and my wife wasn't working at the time. And, and so uh, um, said, honey, I'm going to start this company. So I resigned and I'm training my replacement at non 9-11. And, that's, wow. and I'm like, oh, this was a really bad idea because <laughs> everything kind of stopped. The yep. world stopped for a while. So did my plans. But what it did give me an opportunity to do is really um, uh, kind of perfect and develop the system, the technology behind how I was going to uh, interact and communicate and create visibility for our clients. And so maybe a blessing in disguise took a little while to took a little longer to get the thing rolling. But uh, four or five years later, it was it was moving and we had a locations in Kansas City and then we started doing coasts and you know so now we like I said we're I think we're either at 39 or 40 uh, warehouses and we have almost a thousand employees. So do you lease or own your warehouses? We lease most of them yep yep we do have some um, 
some properties that we invest in and but it all all leased through smart so sure. yeah so but a couple properties that you own as well yeah some right? real estate here locally we own yeah. yeah so you know we have seen a lot of warehousing go up you know i drive in on i-70 every day and it feels like there's probably a couple million square yeah. feet now yeah. that wasn't there previously yeah. as you are identifying maybe a new market or a new area mm -hmm. you want to be in i have to imagine that opening a million square foot facility is somewhat uh cash intensive are you working i mean are you are you all self-funded are you working with banks to help you create some of the new technologies and systems are you working with M right Empire we have jacques right jackie wise <laughs> um but like what is that part of your business yeah, look like no, as far um, as creating runway and yeah, then and super then, important part of you know, our launching yeah you know we, we obviously need some great banking relationships and we have some of those over the years and um you know when you're leasing space you know we're not we don't go out and do the development mm -hmm. so that takes a little bit less cash but then once you lease you've got to be able to support that business um you know, we kind of bootstrapped our, our, our business. We didn't go out and get a lot of investment. We, you know, when we could afford it, we did it. And when we couldn't afford it, we didn't do it. And, uh, but over the years, we finally have grown quite a little bit. So, um, these, uh, warehouses are mammoths today. I mean, mm -hmm. we there's just think about, you know, football fields of concrete mm -hmm. under a roof. And I mean, it, it you know, you know, a quarter of a mile long or a half a mile long. It's just crazy how big these facilities have gotten over the years. And I, and it just boggles my mind that we need this many warehouses in the right. world, but they can't build them fast enough right now. It's just crazy. Have you ever played football in one of your warehouses? Um, no, a couple of times basketball. We okay. had a few basketball uh, bouncing around in the warehouses, but usually they're so full of stuff. We don't have much room. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> well, what's the main driving force behind... Um, either a company being convinced or deciding themselves that, hey, us not managing this yeah. is the smartest move. Yeah. So I, my, I've always had a kind of a, uh, a view on the business that, that uh, it's, it's, if it's not a core competency, probably ought to be thinking about letting somebody else do it. They're probably better at it. I mean, you know, Jackie's probably better at the banking business science, so I'm going to outsource that to somebody, right? So um, um, we're really good at what we do, and so people can hire us. We can find the efficiencies, and we can help them be competitive. The other, the other piece that I think has helped a lot since we went from you know a single location in Kansas City to multiple locations around the country is being able to position inventory closer clients and create a lot more efficiencies that way. So the replenishment and 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 positioning of inventory now is a really really big deal um but yeah outsourcing is uh I, you know we outsource and we and we we're happy when companies outsource us but they they i think want to stay focused on what they do the best and if they don't do something the best then find a partner that can help them and, and so how does it work then from the client standpoint let's let's do a start at a basic yep. a t-shirt yep. manufacturer yep. who you just hold all their t-shirts and when yep. people buy one online it looks like they're buying it through their website and they're shipping it but our, you guys are our, our goal is to sort of be invisible in that process so that a lot of times the clients think they're coming right from the or brands that are selling but in those in instances when someone's buying something online and the company mm -hmm. doesn't even need to touch it technically mm -hmm. are you the ones like your system syncs with mm -hmm. the purchasing. And so the software sends the money and the accounting to the company yep. and the shipping information to you guys. And you guys are printing the label and yep. all of that. Yep. The company is not remitting everything to you. 
Correct. So the typically there's a some sort of a front end, um, you know, Shopify, some kind of a system in the front end that's taking payments or doing processing or shopping cart kind of a scenarios. And then once that once that click happens, then that data comes to us, and then we we take the information that we need and you know whether they're buying a pair of sunglasses or a surfboard or a bicycle or whatever it is, then we go get the appropriate item, get it packed and ship it. Uh, based on whatever those service levels are. So sure. that's exactly how that works. And, and the technology behind the scenes is what's making all that work. And, and so a separate one, when you talk about you guys even go up to full trucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so two companies are talking and one says, I'd like to buy a pallet of your product. And it's less of an online automated process, but they're talking to the sales agent within yep. that company. Yep. Does that company book the shipping and then send you all the bill of lading saying, Hey, I need you to load this truck. Or is that, Hey, Carl, we've got an order. Here's the address. Please get it shipped LTL um, to this company. It, it can be both. It can be both. Um, a lot of times we're generating all that on their behalf for them. So we've already, we already know what they want those to look like. We already know what that their bill of ladings and their orders are branded. They have their, um, their own names on them. And so it's pretty seamless and it's, it's, uh, it works perfectly. We are invisible. We're almost in the background. Nobody knows we're there. Leveraging those inventories is really a big deal right now. So if you want to sell a pallet of, of, you know, alcohol someplace, you could, you could do it that way. If you want to just send one bottle someplace, a lot of companies specialize in one or the other, you can, you know, have to hire this company to do bottles and you have to hire this company to do pallets and you have to hire a different company to do truckloads. Mm -hmm. And the softwares tend to be, um, uh, difficult to think about those different channels, but over the years we just continue to develop that software more and more and more. And so now we we it was you know a really bad idea in the beginning because we we're always catching up. Softwares I call developing software like approaching infinity. We're always halfway done, and 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 so um, it took a long time to finally get that software developed enough to where to where it was actually working the way we really wanted it to. And we could start leveraging it versus having to build it every time. Yeah. Yeah. I did just get confirmation from my mother who uh, ran a company until about 2008 that she used smart warehousing. How about that? Uh, And so I have been in one of your facilities doing quality control for my mother's company circa... 2006, 2007. So were, okay. did you help yep. your mom and you're probably on like rollerblades? Uh, I may have been. With elbow you know, pads, yeah, knee <laughs> pads and a helmet. No, no it, it was bad. interesting because the product probably. was coming directly from China or India. Right. And yeah. then I was there, you know, opening okay. one out of every 30 boxes to make okay. sure that it looked how it was supposed to look. Okay. And uh, and y'all were shipping it out to wherever it went afterwards. So um, some cool. fond memories how of working in the warehouse for, you know, a couple of weeks back in 2006, 2007. That's maybe in a Lenexa somewhere. It was. It yeah. was, yeah, Lenexa yeah. Business Center, yeah. Industrial yeah. Center, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So so since that point, I want to go back to, I mean, we kind of glossed over this, but ha- that warehouse was not a million square feet right. in Lenexa. Right. And um, that's explosive growth to see where you were, what I saw, right, uh, 15 years ago to where you are now. So can you just spend maybe two minutes talking sure. about like, sure. okay, we started in this warehouse and this is how big it was when yep. it was kind of an idea. And then when did you really have, you know, the bigger pages? Yeah, you're, turn? you know, I had an opportunity to do a little tour of the, this, this uh, office here at Let It Fly. And uh, it's bigger than our first warehouse. Huh. And we, and Reeves Weiderman, a local company here in town, Rented us a little space out in Olathe. Like what's little? Uh, Forty-eight hundred square feet. Okay. 
so not too big. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was a one man deal. I was me. And, and, you know, when I had to go drop off the mail or go make a delivery or go do something, you know, I had to lock the door and put the sign, be back, you know, all that kind of stuff that a, an entrepreneur does wear all the hats, do the billing at night, do the unload the truck, all that stuff. And it just grew from one customer at a time. And so then we moved from Olathe into Lenexa and uh, one building and then two buildings and three buildings and four buildings and um, never really had much for sales and marketing. It was usually referral business and word of mouth that grew the business for the most part. And uh, the technology was sort of the differentiation piece. So it was people liked the tech, made it easy to do work, to work with smart. So they plugged into the tech and then uh, the warehouse part just sort of grew yeah. as a byproduct of that. What was your first market outside of the greater KC Metro? Uh, we went to California, Southern California wow. first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which like, you know, that's, that's a, usually want to end there and not start there. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then, then Orlando and it was, then after that it went pretty fast. Sure. So, so now that we're in kind of this. No, no, hang on. Uh, yeah. So how many square feet of total warehousing space? So I think we're to? up to about 12 million right now in those Nothing. 39 or 40 Tiny. buildings. Yes, there's a lot. There's a lot. Really and so and then, and then in 2010, we took over one of the undergrounds here in Kansas City. Wow. And then we got in. Now we have a million square feet of frozen space. So that got us into the frozen business. And so then we started you know, Campbell's soup and all kinds of different frozen clients. And pretty soon uh, people were like, we should start shipping frozen product out to clients. So then we started doing that. So, um, so all the soups that we buy at grocery stores, if it's progresso, it's coming through smart warehousing, but it's frozen at some point. No, no, that's, that's uh, ambient. Oh. That's all coming ambient, but we have the, we have, you know, flour, we have all kinds of stuff. I mean, a lot of food in our world, a lot of consumer goods, a lot of, um, I don't know where like I said, there's probably six or 700 brands. In, in summary, you're crushing it. <laughs> we're busy for sure. And, uh, growing like crazy. And so the, the last couple of years with the pandemic have just changed things so much and, and the buying habits and the behaviors of the consumers and, uh, the expectations of the clients that we serve or have changed dramatically. And one of the things I've noticed is the technologies haven't caught up with the expectations of the customers sure. and the consumers. And so, um, you know, we're, we're, um, scrambling to keep the tech, uh, caught up fast enough for sure. what the world's doing today. Yeah. So, and that's, it's a lot, well, a lot of work. We, you know, when you're hiring data engineers and data scientists and all those people to keep the supply chains humming, that's a big deal. This has been fascinating and I want to keep talking more, but that would break the name of the show. But one one really quick question: How many employees do you have? I think we're uh, we're just shy of a thousand right oh, now. Amazing. Uh, what do the next five years look like in a couple sentences? So I think it's um, it's it's uh, more of what we're doing because there's just a it's a it's a huge industry. The you know I think the last number I heard uh, heard about the logistics market in the U.S. was know, approaching 2 trillion. Hmm. So it's a big market. There's lots of lots of work to be done. Um, and, and the technologies piece is where we're really leaning into because it's going to be uh, uh, a lot about how that technology and visibility and taking those platforms to all, a different level. And so the physical side of the warehouse will continue to grow. And then the technology piece is going to probably grow um, probably faster than the physical side. Sure. Yeah. Because we'll be able to help clients even beyond our warehouse at some point. The most important question of the day, and 
you can't say like kids or getting married or something. It's the coolest thing you've ever done. Coolest thing ever done. Um, well, I don't know if it's the coolest thing that we've ever done, but one of my, my uh, favorite memories so far of, of being an entrepreneur and running a business is we started this software. We call it SWIMS, just stands for Smart Warehouse Information Management System. And um, my fondest memory was that it, it became a verb, right? So we started having customers say they'd swim that over to us. I'm like, that's pretty cool. That's that, awesome. was, that was a really cool day. That's awesome. Well, Carl, uh, on behalf of Emprise Bank, Let It Fly Media, the Jay Rigger & Co. Distillery, and Swell Spark, thank you for inspiring all of us, uh, sharing a bit about your story. Thank you for helping my mom's company well, in 2006 and 2007 grow and, and eventually get acquired. Appreciate the um, business. And uh, and thank you for your time here today. I wish you continued awesome. success as you, as you all grow. Yeah, you guys do an awesome job. This was fun. Cheers.